welcome back to the Absolute Worldy podcast, the second in our in our series, Kyle. How do you feel the first one went? Maybe don't answer that question. Okay. It was pretty great, I thought. I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, it was great. Welcome back, everyone. We're really excited to be about to kick off with the second group, Group B. Yeah. But before we do, Joel, I've, I've just had a thought that I was kind of explaining the, the podcast to people as an idea, mm. and the name, which we think is excellent. Oh, it's, I mean, so does Vlad. Vlad was on the blower between podcasts. Shh. Oh, sorry. No, he wasn't. God, well, what's the problem with Absolute World? I don't think everyone really knows what it means. What? Like, someone said to me, that's what that's what you call an attractive woman. And I thought, oh, no. no, no. That but it be... is used in that way, but it comes from the sport usage, which yeah. is about someone having a world-class performance. Or doing something world-class. Yeah. He's had an Absolute Worldie, or that is an Absolute Worldie. Essentially, what we're saying, guys, is this is a world-class World Cup pod. Or a mediocre podcast about people having worldies. Either way, that's what it's called, Absolute Worldies. Should we kick on? We've got Putin Pravda points, which are points of interest you might bring up in the pub. They're also things which may interest his uh, his royal Putinness over in Moscow. Is he the prime is- prime minister or the president? That is something that I should know the answer. I to. think he's the Russian president. I think he's the Russian prime minister. We'll agree to disagree. Prime in- prime minister president points would have been better. No, oh. Putin pra- Putin Pravda points. Anyway, our Putin Pravda points are topics of interest about each nation. Next up, you're looking at Russian roulette. A reminder that this category is those players that have an amazing World Cup and get signed by mostly Premier League teams, but occasionally Championship or major European League teams. Coming swiftly on the heels of Russian roulette, it's hot to Trotsky. Those players that we think need to be marked out for their handsome ways. And finally, it's the Moscow Mule. Those players which we think are going to have the opposite of an absolute worldie, an absolute shocker. So let's start talking about Group B. Group B, the opening game is between Morocco and Iran. Morocco and Iran. This is why I love the World Cup. Yeah, it's true. There's not many other circumstances in which I would get excited about Morocco and Iran, but I will be watching that game. I just, you don't get a chance to watch, maybe you'll see Morocco versus, I don't know, Scotland in a friendly. Yeah. But to see Morocco and Iran against each other, I'm just excited by that. But I tell you what, I don't know anything about like the, if there's a political history between the two or anything so I'm purely excited and choosing a team to support based on the things you tell me now Kyle. well you know what I'm going to put my neck out there on the line and say there probably is some sort of political uh, connection because Morocco is a North African country yes I think we're Arabic speaking uh, yes yeah Arabic and, and therefore French. I think there was, there was always tension between uh, uh, Arab nations and Iran yes there are oh I say that like I really know which I don't I mean it um, sounded convincing until you backtracked on it immediately yeah. well you know I don't anyway let's start with Morocco shall we tell me about Morocco so Morocco I think this. I mean along with Green Falcons this is a sensational nickname Lions of the Atlas I'm I'm sort of dumbfounded. That's that either means that they are from the from the Atlas Mountains, which oh, yeah. probably are in Morocco. <laughs> Let's not look it up. But Let's just say they I are. I prefer to think the Atlas Mountains aren't in Morocco and they're just called the Lions of the Atlas because they are the Lions of the world. Of course. Despite the fact they've never won a World Cup. <laughs> So, let's go for my Putin's Pravda points. That's the chatbot picking up the word Putin. Oh, Vlad knows we're talking about him again. So, what does Vlad need to know about Morocco? Well, one man he needs to look out for, if he doesn't want challenges to his supreme masculinity, is the coach of Morocco, 
Hervé Renard. Hervé Renard. Now, there isn't a cute on the E of Hervé, so I assume it's Hervé and not Herve. Hervé Renard. Hervé. Probably. Hervé. Hervé has coached four African nations, Joel. Okay. Others being Zambia, Angola, and Ivory Coast. And he's I knew he'd coached, coached the Ivory Did he coach the Ivory Coast at a World Cup? No, he's never coached oh. at a World Cup, I don't think, before. I thought I knew that. Damn it. But he basically has led two of those teams to African Cup of Nations titles. He's the only manager to do so with different nations. Amazing. So he's got a real footing in African football. Yes. But he has also coached Cambridge United. What? Alvey Renard coached Cambridge United for one season in 2004. I don't did. even think it was for the whole season. Of course he did, though. Why wouldn't he? Um, and leading... Where's he actually from? He's French. He's French. Right, so he's a Frenchman who's based mostly in African football and Cambridge United. He has managed in France, not at a high level. No, sure. Um, he has led uh, Morocco to their first World Cup qualification in 20 years. They Last time they were at France, 98. Wow. And when he did so, the king of Morocco himself, Mohammed VI, personally called Hervé Renard to thank him. Mohammed VI. Mohammed VI has been exposed by both WikiLeaks and the Panama Papers as the head of an aggressively corrupt ruling and political system in Morocco. <laughs> but he, he still took the time out of his corruption and politically ruthless oh, regime yeah. to phone He's an honourable man. Hervé and say, congratulations, we've qualified for the World Cup. He is worth about six billion... Dollars, the king of Morocco. Six, the king of Morocco, and he's also credited as as Morocco's leading businessman and banker. So the system is clearly working effectively yeah, in Morocco. Really, yeah, clearly, I mean, if you're the king of Morocco and also the Morocco's leading businessman and banker, you are you're doing well for yourself. Final Putin Pravda point. Putin Pravda point. Only six of the Moroccan squad were born in Morocco. That is very... That's Carl's phone going off there. Good. Sorry, I'm that's just... Right. A, I, I'm getting lots of messages. I just got engaged. Oh, that's... <laughs> that's now on the podcast. That was where Joel could have said, oh, Congratulations! <laughs> okay, so yes, only six of the Moroccan squad were born in Morocco. 17 were born overseas. If you were to guess which country most of them were born in, what would you say? France. Correct. Eight of them were born in France. Yeah. Let's move on to Russian roulette. Oh, that's your final... <laughs> I thought there was going to be more about which countries they were from. Oh, Russian that's... roulette. No, no. Uh, so Russian roulette from, from North African countries is a really interesting one because that tends to be the kind of team that have a certain kind of performance in the World Cup and teams from the lower end of the Premier League or the top end of the Championship, they take a gamble and those are the guys that I particularly enjoy just rocking up in the Premier League and having an amazing season. I think you'd enjoy this one too. Okay, tell me who your Russian roulette is. Uh, Yunus Belhanda. Oh, I've heard of. Yeah, I think you have. I'm always he... shocked when I've heard of random players that you throw my way. He's 28 years old. He's a playmaker. Uh, he plays behind the number nine. Right. He should be hitting his prime right about now. Mm. He's currently at Galatasaray. Uh, but he's also played in uh, Germany and Ukraine for Schalke and Dynamo Kiev. But his best spells have been in his birth nation, France. He won the Ligue 1 title in 2012 with Montpellier, yes, playing behind Giroud. Ah. And in Nice in 2016, he had a successful stint playing behind Balotelli. So maybe a top-level team might come in for him then? Is he our first, do you think he's our first Russian roulette player that might actually sign for us a top six, top eight team? No, I definitely don't think he's good enough. I, okay. think, I think if he pulls <laughs> off some good performances against Spain and Portugal, who are also in this group, spoiler yes. alert... Uh, I think I could see him being snapped up by a big spending averagely performing Premier League team maybe someone like Brighton or Huddersfield 
equally both decent clubs to disappear out without a trace whilst banking about 50 grand a week. Perfect. So just in the image of the King of Morocco in some ways. Well, you know, he's a leading shining light for all Moroccan people. Mohammed the Sixth. And all the Moroccan diaspora. I always preferred him to Mohammed the Fifth. Actually, that's fine. I, in my research, Mohammed the Fifth was worse than Mohammed the Sixth. And when Mohammed the Sixth um, took power, it wasn't a coup. His dad just died, I think. Um, his first, um, his first kind of motions as a government were to try and undo some of the corruption. So he was all like saying, Yo, okay, guys, my dad was corrupt. I'm a shining light. Yeah. And then very quickly, underneath all the kind of, there was a, I think there was a FBI paper or so, a CIA paper, which was basically like, this corruption is worse than before. Oh, bring on Mohammed VII to clean up Morocco. I wouldn't trust him. I think and, he might be worse. Oh, God. And Yunus Balhanda to bank his 50 grand a week at Brighton. I mean, he'd, I mean, he'd, he'd perform. But I don't think he's good enough for the Premier League. Right. Hot to Trotsky. Hot to Trotsky. I think this guy's probably my favourite so far. His name is Nabil Dira. Never heard of him. Uh, he was in the Monaco squad that nearly won the Champions League. Ah, right. Uh, but he now plays for Fenerbahce. He wears number 17. He's a winger. He looks like a Versace model. He's got a golden tone, ripped body. You could just see him loitering in a Roman bath in a pair of white pants. Well, let's have a gander. I'll show you a picture. Yeah. I still think this is the best radio decision we've ever made. Here he is, Nabil Dara. Good God. He's very handsome. He's got a great body. He's, he's, he's golden. Yeah. I mean, he's a model. Lovely hair. He's a model as well as a footballer. But he has got like an Errol Flynn-like moustache yeah. and little tiny sort of chin goatee. Chin goatee without anything. It's very odd. I can't... Why would you have a... Why would you shave a goatee onto your chin without leaving anything... It's just on... Trying to explain it. It's like I on the bottom it, of his chin. Yeah, I think it accentuates it's like a your chin jaw. Strap. It's like a chin strap without the strap. It's like a... Like a... Like a... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it... it, it I've tried to do it sometimes and what? it looks absolutely terrible. I tell you what, I do it when I'm shaving... And uh, I shave a goatee in, and then I think, no, I can't have that. So I shave less of a goatee in, and I think, I can't have that. And then I keep shaving to the point where I don't have any facial yeah. hair. It's like, a, it's like when you do a hand, like a goatee, yeah. but then you take it in a bit. So you lose the side join, and then you, so you line it up with the edge of your moustache, but then you take that in. It just keeps getting smaller and smaller. Yeah, but it's no, like no soul patch, no linking bits. No, no. I, I mean, it's actually turned me off him, if I'm honest. I think it suits him. Well, you know, we agree to disagree on that. But now I'm imagining Errol Flynn in a Roman bath, so I think we should move on. Yep, let's do. Okay, so now we have my Moscow mule. Moscow mule. I feel a bit harsh, again, because this is Ashraf Hakimi. Oh, yes. No, good choice. He is the teenage right back from Real Madrid. He's born sensation. in Sensation. Absolute sensation. Yeah. yeah. He, um, he wasn't in the Champions League squad fight for the final. No. Uh, but he's only 19 years old. He wants to just be known as Ashraf. Which makes me wonder, did his dad upset him like with Deli Ali? Ah, interesting question. Maybe we'll save Deli Ali chat for when we talk about England. The reason I've made him my Moscow mule is I think there's the potential that his early fame as a squad player amongst all those Galacticos at Madrid might propel him into the premature starting place in this Morocco team. Ooh. Uh, obviously, there's the old adage, if he's good enough, he's old enough. Yes. And there's direct parallels there with Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's also 19, and also a right-back. Right. But... I think uh, if he has a stink for the World Cup, that basically whoever's going to take over as a Real Madrid manager will be watching very closely his performances and it could be what actually pushes him out the door. Yeah, very true. I've got an extra one for you, Joel. Ooh, this subverting is some, the categories this already. This is someone who We're cannot... only on Group B. Yeah, I know. Well, basically, <laughs> this I think that obviously for the football fans amongst us, we're, there's, we already know this. If you're following the World Cup announcements as avidly as Joel and I are, 
there's already been lots of compilations put together of players who are missing from squads. Yes. And I think there's an absolute humdinger of a potential World Cup legend who's missing from the squad. Go on. Sofiane Bouffal. Oh, come on. Sofiane Bouffal plays for Southampton not very often, fallen out with the new manager, Mark Hughes, <laughs> but he scored one of the goals of the season. Yeah, but he scored one of the goals of the season. Is that his only goal he scored last season? Maybe one or two more. <laughs> Let me explain how that goal went to the listeners, Joel. Okay. So, yeah. again, great radio. So he's... Pe- Why? <laughs> visualise it. Shut your eyes if you're listening and uh, visualise this goal. What is radio apart from explaining football? Good point. Go what are you talking about? <laughs> so, Sofian Mufal picked up the ball in his own half against West Brom. He decided to go on a slaloming run, taking on players again and again. It is extraordinary. To- the best bit, which you hardly ever see, is when two West Brom players run into each oh, other and take each other out. It's a delight. And he- the finish was very good. But I think if a World Cup is calling out for anything, it's calling out a for brim a... brimful of Buffal. Uh, yeah, a run from an own half, all the way, a halfway, like a, a dribble of that sort of magnitude is exactly what we need. And what we don't need is my iPad giving me news updates. I'm no, sorry about that. Let's, let's, uh, let's ignore that news update. It's not as exciting as Sofiane Bouffal. Pretty much nothing is as exciting as Sofiane Bouffal. Joel, I've forgotten something. Tell me. I've got another hot to Trotsky alert. This is a hot coach alert. What? Hervé? We need some sort of like sound effect for a hot coach alert. Yeah. Woo woo! Hervé Reynard might just be the heartthrob of this whole tournament. Oh my god. That is a big shout. If his body... Vlad, is Vlad going to be that excited about her? He's middle. I think Vlad likes him young. I don't. I think that. I think that Vlad likes a challenge, and one <laughs> yeah. thing that Hervé Renard has that Putin does not is a mane. Ooh. For an older man, he's got decent hair. Decent hair. He looks like Jamie Lannister. He is like an aged Jamie Lannister. Yeah, I mean, he's not, I mean, I guess like he's probably a well-aged, a well-aged Kingslayer. Yeah, and one of the things nice. he was well known for his time at Cambridge. Obviously, a lower league English I club. I mean, who's no, known for time at Cambridge? He, he spent more time in the gym than his own players. And he tried to set a, an example. He spent apparently five hours a day working out. And he has got a bod. He's got a dad bod. Uh, I think that he... I think if they, if they can spring a surprise against Spain or Portugal, the players will get absolutely no credit because all of the media attention will be on this... On the Kingslayer. Dilf. The, yeah. The King, yeah. On the Funny you should say Kingslayer because I thought maybe we could try and do some... Game of Thrones, World Pun Cup run. puns. I mean, if I mean, I'm not, I'm not. I don't, you know, I don't watch Game of Thrones. Okay, let's move on then. Yeah. But let's just say, <laughs> Elve Renard, hearts will be slain. Everyone's talking about the Right. Well, getting off uh, Hervé's heart slaying ways, uh, let's talk about Iran. Okay, let's move on to Iran. They are Morocco's uh, opponent in that first game. Iran and his team Meli. Uh, I tried to look up what Meli meant, and it led me to a Persian restaurant in Kensington. Well, maybe, maybe it does mean the Persian restaurant in Kensington. Yes, <laughs> maybe that's their Spon- team. Maybe they're sponsored by them. <laughs> maybe they are team Meli. And then I looked it up again, and it translates as national. Right. Okay. So national team. Uh, here's my Putin Pravda point for Iran. Mm. The 1998 World Cup game yes. in France between Iran and the United States came at a time of hostile relations between the countries. When are they ever not? Well, the football federations of both made big gestures to aim towards goodwill. They bought white roses of peace and pins for their opposing teammates uh, uh, and they presented them at kickoff. That's lovely. Yeah. 
Iran somehow won that game 2-1. That is insane. With US player Jeff Agoose exclaiming afterwards to the Sorry, press. what was his name? Jeff Agoose. Do you remember Jeff Agoose? No, but he has got a great name I for I think a, he played in the Premier League. He's got a great name for a, for a spa, uh, space in it. Jeff? Agoose? Jeff Agoose. It might be Jeff Agoose. I think Jeff Agoose. Bring those question marks back. So, Jeff Agoose said, We did more in 90 minutes than the politicians did in 20 years. Amazing. I'll show you this hard photo. By losing, is that what he's saying? I think that, well, it showed goodwill. <laughs> Here is a lovely photo of, uh, of the players all together before the game. You can see Mixed the up. Americans oh, and the Iran. They do have white roses. You know when they have the team photo at the beginning of the match, listeners? Well, in this one, they're all intertwined and arms around each other. Intertwined? They're not... <laughs> they are. I mean, I mean, arms over shoulders is intertwined. <laughs> what would you say? So. I suppose so. They are, they are. They're, they're jumbled up. Yeah, they're all they're not They're not sticking to team rules. So it's a lovely example of how football can show politics the way. Yeah. But I was trying to remember at that time what the tensions were between America and Iran. And all I could think of was that Simpsons episode about the Ayatollah. Oh. Uh, the, I mean, the Ayatollah thinks he's better than America. America. <laughs> what are you? Th- is he? And then someone says yes. Yes. And I think it's a poo, which is so racist. Just because it's so racist. Why would an Indian be in support of Iran? I mean, that is the first example of a poo being a racist character in the Simpsons <laughs> it's not the first so it, you probably will know more about Ayatollah than Joel and I um, we're just too young just about depends on the Ayatollah there's some that right now that we're definitely the right age for okay tell me about that one uh, I mean I can only think of Khomeini and I really don't think that's he's the, the one, one. That, he's the one at the time though Ayatollah uh, I think so yeah yeah he's... I think the Shah but, uh, I mean, now you're going back a long way no but the Shah left Iran when there was an overthrowing and he he was given uh, sanctuary in America. Oh, right. And I, I don't think Iran has ever forgiven America politically for that decision. No. Anyway, let's move on from that because Putin doesn't care about the Shah. Putin doesn't give a crap about the Shah. I'm going to tell you my Russian roulette for Iran. Tell me tell me your Russian roulette for this Iran. This player's name is Samar Godos. Samar Godos. And he plays currently in Sweden for Ostersunds for an English manager. Is that manager. the team that... Played Arsenal in That's the right. Europa League. Graham game this Potter's Ostersund. Graham Potter. It's a wonderful narrative. Say something about Graham Potter. I I'll love, tell you. I love a bit of Graham Potter. So, Ostersunds are a tiny team from a Swedish village. They were given, a, well, they gave a chance to a plucky young English coach with some progressive ideas, Joel. They had three years, they had multiple promotions and ballet, and they performed Swan Lake. Sorry, go back. What? Yeah, part of their training to their team bonding was to do ballet and theatre. Rehearsals once a week, which culminated in an end-of-season performance to the public. Wow, that is going to make football traditionalists puke on their pies. Well, good, <laughs> frankly, because we need new ideas. And they ended up with Ostersen's... Oh, the Royal Way again. Just yeah. you and me need new ideas. No, I, foot- think, I think football. Football needs new ideas, yeah. including ballet. And including performances to the public. They did performances to the public? It's a small village. It's a really small town. That is insane. It's amazing. Could you imagine if Chelsea had to come together to perform Hamilton? Who would play Alexander Hamilton from the Chelsea squad? Kante. <laughs> Great shout. No, actually, he'd play Burr. Yeah, and Golo Kante for Aaron Burr. He's then. not arrogant. It would be Bakayoko playing Bakayoko Hamilton. Bakayoko for Hamilton, and uh, Washington could be played by Chess Fabregas. <laughs> nice. Yeah. He's got his experience. Yeah, yeah. And then... If you haven't seen Hamilton, you should. Joel and I uh, both have seen it. It's a wonderful musical. I'm not a musical oh fan. Oh my God, I'm not giving away my shot. We'll take on a whole... <laughs> wow. That's too... I think that's too niche that's, for most of our listeners. That was a niche joke. Yeah. Um, so basically, Sam and Godos has really excelled. They even played Arsenal in the, in the Europa League and didn't, they did themselves justice, I think. 
They, they, they maybe even won or drew the second leg. Yeah, they were great. So really Samuel Goddard has been linked to follow Graham Potter, the English manager, back to uh, Britain. Potter's being heavily linked with, uh, with Swansea. I think he might even be appointed as we speak. Yes. Uh, and I actually came up with this Goddess link all by myself. And then this morning I read on the BBC website that Goddess is being linked with Swansea. Absolute world. It's like... Ahead of the real news. Well, with this I mean, I could of... just be saying that, could I? Yeah. I? But I promise you that's actually... I came up with this all by myself. I mean, I believe you, even if nobody listening to this does. I, I think that... He, I, I just don't think that he's in this Iran team that he's going to be able to shine enough to be better than the championship but maybe Swansea is his level I can't imagine that Iran are going to have that greater World Cup I would be putting a lot of money on them to finish bottom of this group well I would probably agree but at least we have a hot to Trotsky to look at Joel tell me about your Iranian hot to Trotsky Mehdi Toremi Mehdi Toremi plays for Al Gorafa in Qatar Yes. Uh, the infamous hosts of the next World Cup in 2022. Oh, God, the political stuff with that one's going to be horrible, isn't it? Well, we're going to get our teeth stuck into it. I don't know why I'm it, saying that. This is our first ever podcast, and that's four, four years, years away. When we're way, way, way more experienced than we are now. He is a wing attacker. A wing attacker? Yep. That's a... <laughs> is that a position you've just made up? No, he's like an attacking it's wide midfielder. position, wing attack. He's a wing attack. <laughs> And he is the uh, host with the most within this Iran team. Is he? I'll show you a picture, Joel, of Taremi. Good God. Not bad. He's quite cute. He is cute. So he... Uh, he looks a bit sad. Yeah, I mean, playing for Iran would do that for you. Oh, God. He is got stubble for days, guys. And the front tooth gap that is so hot right now in the fashion world. It is just so hot right now. I think he looks like a young, slightly wonky-jawed Ricky Martin. Nice. Wonky in a good way. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, You were right. Good. Let's move on. Moscow Mule. (laughs) Uh, You might have heard of this player, Joel. Ashkan Dejaga. Yes. You've just banged the microphone there. That's good. Uh, uh, Ashkan Dejaga. Yeah, he used to play for Fulham. Mm. Uh, And he apparently plays for Forest now, although he only played once all last season. Right. Having spent a pretty lousy couple of years uh, also at Wolfsburg, where he didn't make a single appearance Mm. and was demoted to their under-21s and only made two appearances for them. It's not looking good for Ashkan at club level. It's not looking... I mean, it's not looking good for the strength and depth of Carlos Quiros's squad, the Portuguese manager of Iran, if mm. that is the sort of player that's going to be pushing for a starting berth in his Iran Ooh. team. So you think, having played no minutes, really, at club level, he's looking likely to be the Moscow mule for Iran? I'm expecting a desperation to make an impact and some last-ditch overzealous challenges. I'm making him my Group B red card shout-out. Oh, Group B red card shout-out. Excellent. <laughs> So basically, I would like you all to... I'm not very good at online betting, but I know that lots of the online betting companies allow you to tweet in your own uh, choice of bet. So if any of you want to tweet to one of these betting companies... Ashkan Dejaga first red card of Group B. Hashtag Absolute Worldy. Don't do that yet. We don't have a we don't Twitter, have a Twitter. <laughs> but maybe soon. Uh, but do do let do let us know because I would like those odds. Yeah, that's Iran. my half of this group with Portugal the Selachal Desquinas or as I looked up the selection of Quinas <laughs> what's Quinas? I don't know 
don't know, and neither does Google Translate, and that is my only... How, how do you spell it? Q-U-I-N-A-S. Oh. Yeah. Kina. I mean, I think they just get called the Sela Chao, don't they, just like in Brazil? Well, that would be stealing Brazil's thunder. That is true. Although, I think Portugal is the older nation. Yes, I mean, <laughs> I'm almost certain. So who's stealing who? Who's stealing who, exactly. Exactly. Colonial banter. Um... <laughs> So obviously Portugal are not going to be everyone's favourite team and we all know why that is the case. Why? CR7, Kyle, Cristiano Ronaldo. He is the most hated man in football. It is frankly astonishing. He has global reach beyond any other footballer except for maybe Lionel Messi and he is hated. It is extraordinary how much people dislike him, especially in the UK. So I thought for my... uh, 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 Putin Pravda points for Cristiano uh, for Portugal. Apologies. I would tell you some things that you may not know about Cristiano. I know pretty much all there is to know. So good luck. Here we go. Let's just kick straight off. <laughs> he got the name Ronaldo after the then U.S. president Ronald Reagan, who was his father's favorite actor. Fact. How old is his dad? I mean, good point. But he—it's it, not because of Reagan's politics. It is because his dad loved a bit of the old Reagan as an actor. I can't wait for 30 years' time when we have a young, up-starting up international player called Trumpo. <laughs> <laughs> Trumpo would be a Brazilian international and he would be an absolute oh legend. Trumpo! Trumpo! <laughs> Trumpo! So, Ronaldo, not Trumpo, is the youngest child of Maria Dolores dos Santos Aveiro, who is a cook. Okay. And her husband, Jose Denise Aveiro, who is a municipal gardener. He has one older brother, Hugo, and two older sisters, Elma and Liliana Katia. So he's a family man. And from humble beginnings as well. Madeira, no? Uh, 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 yes, indeed. Uh, well, uh, uh, I'll tell you exactly where in a second. Thank you. Um, so, uh, Ronaldo had two nicknames as a child. The first one? Trumpo. Trumpo. <laughs> first one, Crybaby. Yes. Yeah. Speaks for itself, really. Yeah. Uh, and the second one, Little B, which I assume was because he was fast, or maybe because he liked honey. I don't know. Maybe because he was a little bastard. No, Little B is in Buzz Buzz. Yeah. So he's a crybaby and a Little B, which I think are just adorable nicknames, right? Yeah. I mean, nicer than CR7, certainly. He chose that for himself. He did choose that for himself. And speaking of CR7, did you know that there is a Ronaldo Museum, Museo CR7, in his hometown of Funchal, Portugal? But why does he... Why would anyone want to be branded as a, a name, as letters and a number? Like... Gascoigne, Paul Gascoigne tried to do this. Yeah, four or five years ago, he tried G8. to. Yeah, he Which tried to doesn't really work. G eight. Yeah, but that, I mean that that <laughs> fundamentally runs into a lot of other problems. Well, it's the summit. <laughs> yeah, and it just sounds like gate. <laughs> it does rather than Gaza. But so, no, seals. I get it. Or geared. I I get it. There's a. Well, this is niche. There's a theatre company called DV eight, and they spell their name DV eight. I don't like that. No, well, fair enough. It's like text speak, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but also that's a, that's a, that's a collective of people. That's G8 true. Summit, a collective of people. And CR7 is one person. One man. Oh, that's his name. Museo CR7. Check it out the next time you're in Funchal. Also, I'm pretty sure that he wears number nine for Portugal. I think he possibly does, actually, yeah. Yeah, definitely did last time. That's very right? funny. 
So, uh, more Ronaldo facts. I've got three more for you. They get slightly more um, obscure and uh, <laughs> maybe less true from this point. Ah. So, in July 2012, the computer security company McAfee produced a report ranking footballers by the probability of an internet search for their name leading to an unsafe website. And Ronaldo was number one. So if you Google Cristiano Ronaldo, oh, no. of all the world footballers, that is the number one chance you will lead you to an unsafe website. I think that speaks volumes about his reputation. Yeah, exactly. Not just as a footballer, but his whole life is shrouded in secrecy. It really is. His romantic life, yep. his family life. And it will lead you potentially down a rabbit hole where you'll get a virus on your computer. Wow. Yeah. And, I mean, if that's not a reason to feel sorry for the man and therefore support his national team, I don't know what is, Vlad. Um, so, two more facts about Ronaldo. Is that yes, enough please. for you? Yeah. Here we go, here we go. Ronaldo lifts, and this is spurious at best, around <laughs> 23,055 kilograms of weight during a single training session. Now, I don't think he does that in one lift. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> He would love to tell people that. He would, yeah. He lifts, so he lifts over 23,000 kilos of weight during a single training session. I'm guessing when Ronaldo trains, he trains his whole body. I mean, look at him. Yeah. So he's doing his legs, doing his arms, he's doing everything. That's 23,000 kilos of weight during that training session. And I have a, a spurious number for what that is uh, in relation to. That is the total of 16 Toyota Priuses. He lifts that every day. Every day. Not at once. <laughs> Not at once. But even if he just did 16. Yeah. Like 16 lifts, that's a Toyota every time. Yeah, it's mad. He, I think, you know, Putin, if you, are, if you are listening. Yeah, if you're listening, Vlad, and you want some Pravda points on Ronaldo. I think that Ronaldo is your sort of guy. Yeah, 100%. And this is the final point, and I think it is the, the, the kicker with that particular uh, link between Putin and Ronaldo. And again, spurious at best. Arnold Schwarzenegger is on record as saying that he thinks Ronaldo is one of the fittest athletes in the world. And if you don't trust Arnie to be telling you that someone is a, is a, is, is a good thing, then who are you going to trust? I mean, he's one world's strongest man. He has. Hercules competition. All of that stuff. The Mr. Muscle and all that malarkey. And that's, similar, a, that's a cleaning brand. I don't think maybe he maybe they had to fight for the trademark of oh, Arnie. Arnold Schwarzenegger loves the jobs you hate would you say Arnie's politics are in line with Putin's politics I think they're close except for the environment oh yeah he's good on the environment he loves the environment Arnie, Arnie yeah and Ronaldo and the environment. So those are my Putin Pravda points on Portugal. I don't want to upset you, Trevor. I feel like some of those might have come from one of those non-safe websites you suggested. Uh, it's very possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible. I mean, I didn't, I didn't use an encyclopedia to find those things. So. What's next? Uh, well, uh, I'm going to go straight into Hot to Trotsky cars. Yes, they're my favourite. Yeah, um, and, and it's got to be, it has to be, Adrian Silva. What, Leicester's Adrian Silva? Leicester City's Adrian oh, Silva. I've got see. one word for Adrian Silva, and that is smouldering. Look how much he smoulders. Just showing Kyle a, a collection of, Actually, of he smouldering silver. He is, he is handsome. He smoulders. That's the only word for it. He's got, he's got one facial expression, and that is smouldering. It's probably because he missed half the season. Yes. Yeah, uh, Ad Adrian Silva famously signed for Leicester City 14 seconds after the transfer deadline and therefore couldn't play for them for six months. And then when he did play for them, he uh, debuted wearing a shirt with number 14 on the back ah. in tribute to the fact that he was 14 seconds after Oh, I like him now. He's, got, I mean, he's witty. He's witty. And he is witty. He's, he's witty. He's very handsome. Yes. Uh, and then on to Russian roulette. This is a bit of a certainty, actually, Carl. I would bet my house on this. Okay. Um... <laughs> I don't, I don't. You live um, with other people. Yeah, it's true. That's true. I've got housemates. Um, William Carvalho of Sporting Lisbon. 
Yeah. He is going to be in the Premier yeah, League yeah, by yeah. the end of the summer. There's no question here. It's less of a Russian roulette than a Russian guaranteed bullet in the head. He is he is going to sign for summer. He's been linked with Everton this week uh, as one of um, uh, uh, Portuguese his fellow Portuguese uh, uh, nationals, um, Marco Silva's first signings. You can really see it happening. He's an, he is a shuttle of a player in midfield. He's extremely good going forward. He's extremely good at defence. I've maybe slightly bucked the Russian roulette trend here and gone for someone who I think will definitely do well in the Premier League as well. Now, I don't want to sound like uh, one of our dads, and this isn't a uh, dig to my father. Who may well be listening. Uh, And I know that my brothers share me in in this particular uh, acknowledgement of a a dad-type trait. I'm going to go out there and say, in typical dad fashion, I've never seen him play well. Wow. That is, and that is I, such a big statement. If William Carvalho signed for a club that I would uh, like to follow, yes. I would be dubious because I've never seen him play well. They won the Euro, they won the Euro Championship, and I'm pretty sure he was not playing. I don't know. I didn't. That uh, in my in the course of my research, I only got as far as the good things about William Carvalho. I'm afraid. Well, I feel like he's been linked for so long. There must be a reason, Joel. Why must he's not be, already signed? Must be. Must be. Fact. There is a reason. Who knows what it is? So, Moscow Mule. Yes. There's only one name here, right? And it has to be Ronaldo. No chance. I've just set him up as the reason to support Portugal. But nevertheless, he's won the Champions League three seasons in a row. Portugal are the current European champions. What odds do you think you can get, Kyle? And I said that like I know the answer. (laughs) Again. What odds can you get on him doing as a dad? He's retired. He announces... Next week, before their first game... Oh, wow. I've just given away when we're recording this. Um, he Ooh. announces before their first game that he is retiring at the end of the, from international football at the end of the tournament. And in whatever last game Portugal get to, I'm not going to tip them to get to the final. He, the, the red mist comes down. What could you see him doing? I mean, there's so many things. He's a, he's a kicker, isn't he? I mean, yeah. he's not going to... Mind you, I wouldn't have put money on Zidane headbutting someone, but... Oh, was the best was the best but that can't that would be the perfect Moscow mule right would I think he is so famous in Portugal and has carried that team for so long that he would be forgiven Ala Zidane yeah I think so but then if they went out I think genuinely you combine that with the fact that he's one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's fittest athletes in the world there's just reasons to love Ronaldo I think Ronaldo is a narrative magnet yes and there's most of the press of whatever game whoever they're playing it's all going to be about how he performs and True. even like in the final of the European Championships if you didn't know he went off injured fairly early on uh, in tears and he spent the rest of the game not in the changing rooms moping but on the sideline jumping up and down on an injured foot yeah managing the team basically yeah. so if he did go out in a place of glory this summer expect him to be Portugal manager at some point in the future yes let's talk about the Red Fury who's that Spain oh the Red is that their nickname that is one of their nicknames but I can't remember the others Red Fury the Red Fury I love that yeah Furious Red Um, (laughs) no mellow yellow for Spain Furioso uh, Rojo Furioso Yeah, I'm guessing Nice uh, uh, Rojo Furioso Rojo Angry Rojo. wine Angry wine <laughs> So obviously Spain uh, On to my Putin's uh, uh, parameter points They're one of the favourites Right? Everyone knows that they. Everyone loves the way they play football It's even got a nickname Tiki Taka Which is one of my favourite things to come out of football That and Gegenpress Are my two favourite European football terms ever So for those who don't know Explain tiki-taka. Tiki-taka is the process of 
constantly passing the ball over potentially very short distances between the midfield. And uh, it was perfected by Barcelona in the noughties and the Spanish national team who went on to win World Cups and European Championships playing this way. You basically pass your opponents to death. You don't stop passing the ball. And sometimes over three yards for no apparent reason. And whilst you're doing it, you have to say under your breath as you pass, tiki, taka, tiki. That's how yeah, it works. That's exactly how it works. Fact. That's a, that's an absolute worldly fact for you there. Hashtag. Uh, 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 and the other gegenpress, slightly off topic. I think gegenpress. Is that German? That is the German word for pressing the opponent when the ball is in their half. Nice. Gegenpress. Just great. It's just the fact that it has one word. I mean, that's classic German language. Classic German language. Anyway, let's not jump ahead to the Germans. So, here's my Putin. Pravda points for Spain. And I want to posit something here. It's a potential scenario, Kyle, regarding Catalan independence. Ah, I so, mean, yeah. I'm we all sure. know, yeah, Catalonia held a controversial independence referendum, uh, which uh, led to violent suppression by the Spanish government when it was considered to be a successful referendum. So what if, in the next few years, where the, the Spanish Prime Minister has just been outed, it could happen? Yeah. What if Catalonia did get independence? And what if that led in turn, to the creation of an autonomous Basque region. What players, Kyle, from the current Spanish squad would they then lose who would go and play for the Catalan national team and the Basque national team? And uh, we'll do a little little guess. I'll tell you, should I tell you how many there are? I think, can I say, I think there's over 11. No. Okay, not so bad. It's actually not that many players. It's just, it's very much the backbone of the team. Ah, because I think a lot of them have retired. Yes. So, I'm going to say PK. Yes, of course. PK, you're going to lose? Yep. PK will be going to play for the Catalan national squad. He, of course, came out in support of the referendum uh, and then was booed at an open training session by Spanish fans. I think this is their Brexit. It is their Brexit. In fact, it's not because it's a lot more ingrained. It's their Scottish national independence. Yes. But... Yeah, it's, it means not, it's not a good time for Spanish identity. No. Or and like, so therefore, if, if, if by the next World Cup, Catalan are fielding their own team, PK um, will be the captain. He would be. Yeah. Um, that brings me to Busquets. Yes. Sergio Busquets. Iniesta. Yes. Um, is, so that he, is, that is, is he Basque or Catalan? Uh, he's Catalan. That is, that is the ma- majority of their midfield gone. And their talismanic linchpin at the back. Aspas? Uh, Iago Aspas is not. He's oh, neither. No. no. But you uh, you are down to one Catalan and two Basque nationals. Okay. Um, Fabregas. No, Fabregas isn't going. Oh, of course not. Fabregas isn't going. I will tell you, it's only six players in total. So you've got PK, you've got Busquets, you've got Iniesta. Uh, 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 keen listeners will have noted you missed Jordi Alba. Jordi Alba. Jordi Alba, indeed, uh, left back. And then the two Basque players, only two in the entire squad, the third choice keeper... Kepa. Good. Because I can't pronounce it. That's Basque for keeper. Yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, And, I'm going to go have a go at this, Alvaro Odriozola. Oh, yeah. He will not play. The backup right back? Yes. Uh, so he probably won't play, but he is a Basque national. So what, what if this happens? What if, you know, uh, Catalan independence happens and they have their own national team? Spain will be a very, very different team. They'll be much more like Madrid and much less like Barcelona. And so tiki-taka will be a thing of the past, which actually I think would please you. Uh, I like a bit of non-tiki-taka. Yeah. It drives you a bit crazy. Um, what I would say, though, if uh, in terms of supporting autonomous regions within larger states, someone who ain't going to like that, yeah, Vlad. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Uh, that that Pravda point. Just skip 
skip past the skip, last well, couple he of probably, minutes. He probably would have Only Putin, it. none of the rest of you. Yeah, the rest of you need to have listened to Please this. Please don't be skipping, because yeah. that shows that it needs heavy editing. And if it does, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> so, Russian roulette. This is a difficult one, right? I mean, most of the Spanish squad are, well are, known. are pretty good. They're pretty well known. You know, if, if, the, if someone in the Premier League was linked with, I don't know, Jordi Alba at left back... You know, you'd be excited, right? It's not really Russian roulette. It'd be, yeah. a, it'd be a quality signing. So he, I've gone, you mentioned him earlier, for 30 year old Yago Aspas. Okay, I understand. Yeah, he scored an impressive 22 goals in the Liga last year. Uh, last year. Uh, for, for Betis, he was excellent. However, mm. should a Premier League team decide to give a uh, gamble on him, they must remember that in the 14 games he played for Liverpool when he was in the Premier League previously, he was dreadful. I don't think he... I think... I feel like it was the season after they had their big push, but it might even have been that season. Yeah. I think that the um, Rogers didn't make many changes to that team. It was no. basically the same 14, 15 players that exactly. played. Exactly. And he wasn't one of them. He was not one of them. So you have to you have to doubt whether it would be a good idea. 22 goals in La Liga is very impressive. But whether a, a Burnley or a Leicester perhaps would want to gamble on him, I'm not sure. Leicester's a good shout. Yeah, if they lose Vardy, if it's a Vardy good shout. goes, then Leicester, Leicester go in for Aspas. But he was terrible when he played in the Premier League before. So that's my Russian roulette. Uh, hot to Trotsky. <laughs> Saul Niguez. Saul. Saul. Known just as Saul, he is the Atletico Madrid midfielder. And let's just put it this way cheekbones for days, Kyle. Cheekbones for days. I would say to the listeners who are not familiar with Saul, he is quite light haired for yeah, a Spaniard. You know, for... we're being stereotypical and obviously you can't have a World Cup without a tiny bit of stereotype. He is not dusky. He is quite <laughs> light haired and quite light skinned, but very cute. Very cute. Good choice. And he's got a sleeve as well. And who doesn't love a sleeve? You love a sleeve. I love a sleeve. Joel is slowly but surely working on his own sleeve. I am. I At have... the moment, he's got one I've got one tattoo. And another is on the way. Uh, it's all going to happen. Uh, and finally, and I, this is the end of Group B, and I, I honestly think this is going to... You might shed a little tear at this one. I'm Moscow Mule. Wouldn't it be heartbreaking if Andres Iniesta, having just ended his Barcelona career, looking slightly off the pace in the Champions League, imagine if he had a bad World Cup? I would not feel sorry for him. Oh, come on. I don't like Iniesta. Oh, what's wrong with you? He's the third best player in the world for years. He is a wonderful player, but he's broken my heart. I don't want to go into allegiances right oh, now. We're not talking about We're not talking about Premier League. We're not talking about allegiances. anything. We're just saying the man has the ability to uh, to to entertain and to enthrall, but he also has the ability, due to his incredible tiki-taka skills, yes. to annoy. He, and he is annoying. He me. is frustrating. But having said that, I mean, it would be a sad and glorious moment simultaneously if for Spain not to win the World Cup, it took retiring from international football. I mean, it's the same narrative that we had with Ronaldo, really, isn't it? You can see what narrative I want, listeners. I want, I want a glorious player to go out in a blaze of no glory, frankly. But it is more likely with Iniesta because he is definitely retiring after this tournament. Yes, he is. And Although uh, I think actually he's going to have one last payday in either China or Qatar. He's retiring internationally, yeah. Yes. Um, there was a, I have to say, the photo of him after he retired or left Barcelona... He didn't leave the stadium until everyone else. And there's a lovely photo of him sitting on the pitch at like two in the morning, and they left the lights on for him. I mean, let me posit. Uh, let me bring back my um, my uh, Putin Pravda point, and and link it to my Moscow Mule. Here's a fantastic narrative: Spain get knocked out. It's Iniesta's fault. He retires from international football, goes off to play in Qatar. 
the Catalan independence referendum is is uh, ratified, Catalonia uh, gains independence, and Iniesta comes out of international retirement to cap well vice captain after PK the uh, cap- newly formed Catalan international team. I would then like him, yeah. but also what if he goes off to play in Qatar for four years? gets Qatari citizenship and plays for Qatar in the next World Cup. There is a twist on that narrative which would frankly make me sick in my mouth. And for those of you who are struggling to hear the difference between Catalan and Qatar, listen better. (laughs) Group B ended with you insulting people for not listening. Well, not only insulting them for not listening, but also noticing... That this is longer than the last yeah. episode. And you did promise, didn't you, Carl, at the end of the first episode that this would be... I did, and we will endeavour to be better. Yeah. Uh, and you can listen to us be better next time Please for do. Group C, which has got some humdingers in it. Humdingers. So until then, thanks for listening. And we'll get ahead of it. Bye! The Absolute Worldly Podcast is produced by Joel Samuels and Kyle Ross... Our theme tune is courtesy of Adam Janotowazowski. All other music is non-copyright and licensed under Creative Commons. Thank you again for listening, and do stay tuned for a small taste of what's to come in our next episode. You know when you and I go to those posh VIP parties we go oh, to, right. and we we get given a swag bag at the end of the night with like designer gear. Yeah, that happens it. a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when we got one at the Oscars? Kick ball with fur, fur.